Let's talk home studio. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott and welcome to the Tools series. What is the Tools series? I get asked all the time about all of the different apps, services, equipment, tools, etc. that I'm using to run my voiceover business and to keep things going. And so I decided... That would make for a really interesting series on the podcast. Let's break down all of the different tools, all of the different apps, all of the different subscription services, everything. Let's break it all down into a bunch of different episodes and group them together appropriately. And so this week, I'm going to be talking about my home studio, which it has occurred to me, that's something that I've never really talked about before. It's not anything that I've ever really done an episode on. I don't even think I've ever done a YouTube video about my studio. And so I know that there are a lot of people that are very curious about what's in my booth. So let's talk about what's in my studio. Now, just before we get there, I want to let you know that VoiceOver Marketing Playbook version 3.0 is coming. I have been working so hard on Playbook 3.0 and I cannot wait to deliver it to you. I figure by the time I have this course completely done and it is ready to be released, I'm going to have probably about 200 man hours into getting it created, but it is going to be worth it. This is a fully updated version of VoiceOver Marketing Playbook. This is your step-by-step marketing course. It is going to teach you how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. And VoiceOver Marketing Playbook is going to be available again April 11th through the 20th. 2023, April 11th through the 20th, 2023. And let me give you a little special insight. I have decided that since I'm relaunching the course, since I'm going to be introducing Playbook 3.0, to go along with that, I wanted to offer a really special day one bonus. Now, I'm not going to tell you yet what that day one bonus is going to be, But I am going to tell you that that day one bonus is going to be the biggest day one bonus that I've ever offered, which means if you sign up for Playbook in the first 24 hours, you are going to get access to the biggest day one bonus that I have ever released. So keep an eye out. Again, Playbook coming April 11th through the 20th, 2023. Details available at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about my home studio. I don't know if a podcast is the best place to do this, just because, I mean, there's probably a part of me that thinks that it would be better if you could actually see it. But, you know, maybe I'll post a couple of pictures or something to go along with the show notes. But 
I wanted to give you a rundown of everything that I am using in order to be able to record and deliver voiceovers on a you know daily basis. And so let's start with the actual booth itself. So when I was getting ready to build this booth and build my office in general, this is the first time that I've been in a situation. I bought this house in 2017, and it's the first time I've been in a situation where I can actually custom build something. Up to this point, I recorded in my living room of my first apartment for a long time. Uh, I recorded in a spare bedroom in an apartment for a long time. And in both of those instances, I was very limited with what I could do to actually build something out. So when I bought my house, I was really excited to finally be able to build exactly what I wanted. So my office space itself is, I want to say about 25 by 12. So it's a pretty good size office space. And then inside of that 25 by 12 room is where I built my booth which I built as a six by six. Now, if I had to go back and do it over again, would I make it a little bit bigger? Probably. I might've even went to an eight by eight space, but you know, the six by six works. It's a custom built booth. Uh, I, I did it myself with some help from my father-in-law, uh, basically built out of two by fours and very well insulated and drywalled and custom wired and, and all of that sort of stuff. So it's not a whisper room or a studio bricks or anything like that. It's just a, a booth that I built custom in my basement, but it works great. It sounds great. It's Wovo approved. Uh, Uncle Roy has signed off on it as well. So I know that I've been able to deliver really good sound in this booth. So about a six by six space. Uh, the one thing that I did on instruction from Uncle Roy was I put in an angled wall. So it is not six by six squared. There is one short angled wall, uh, which Uncle Roy told me was going to help with the sound and, and making it sound better. And so, hey, I trust Uncle Roy. So that's what I did. Now, to treat the booth, I have uh, Prime Acoustic. That's the brand, Prime Acoustic Cloud Panels. I have two of those, and they are obviously hanging from the ceiling above me. And then I also have uh, what is called the Prime Acoustic London 8 Kit. And that is a series of panels that are... Uh, what are they? They're, they're 12 inch square panels. And then there's some, uh, I believe they're four foot by 12 inch panels. And so I've got some panels on the wall in front of me and I've got a big panel on the wall behind me. And then with the cloud panels and carpet, that's about it. So it's not treated wall to wall. It's not like acoustic foam everywhere or whatever. Uh, just these prime acoustic panels, which I absolutely love. Uh, the panels actually came to me, recommended to me from a client that I do voiceover for, who also does professional audio installation in uh, churches, studios, arenas, all of that sort of stuff. And so prime acoustic, and, and again, I'll put all of this in the show notes so you can look it up, but a prime acoustic London 8 kit, and then prime acoustic cloud panels inside of my custom 6x6 booth. Now, as to the equipment itself... I'm recording with a Neumann U87, which is actually what this podcast is being recorded on right now. And I also have a Sennheiser MKH-416. Uh, the 416 was the first, we'll call it the first real microphone that I bought. Uh, for a number of years, I was recording off of an EV RE20, which is generally believed to be one of the worst voiceover mics possible, but it's what I had in the beginning. We, we've all got to start somewhere, right? I did not start with... A 416. I did not start with a U87. In fact, I built a six-figure voiceover business with an RE20, which is, you know, technically you're not supposed to be able to do that. But, you know, I, I found a way. I did it. When I had enough money in the bank, bought the 416, and then the U87 came along. So uh, the U87 stays in my booth. It never leaves. The 416 is in my booth when I'm home. 
but the 416 is what I take with me on the road. So if I'm going to travel, the 416 is the workhorse of my travel setup. Uh, and, and mostly because it's a really good mic to take on the road. It's very forgiving of the space that you're recording in. Now, those two microphones are fed into my interface, which is now a Focusrite RedNet X2P. Now, that is part of their professional line of interfaces, and it's actually audio over Ethernet. So when I built my booth, one of the things that I did was I pre-wired it. I ran a bunch of Cat6 cable from my booth to my office area. And I found solutions that allowed me to run HDMI over Cat6. That gave me the ability to put a monitor in my booth. And I found a solution to run USB over Cat6, which gave me the ability to hook up an interface. And, and so I didn't have to run USB cables or run HDMI cables, just some Cat6 cables. The problem that I ran into was my old interface, which was a, a Focusrite Scarlet, uh, when it died, all the new interfaces are USB-C. And I do not have USB-C over Cat6, so I needed to come up with another solution. And after doing some research, I found the RedNet X2P, which gave me the ability to do audio over Ethernet. So I literally plug a Cat6 cable into my interface, and then that runs through the wall and through the ceilings and over to the other part of my office area, and then ties directly into my computer over Cat6. Audio over Ethernet. Brilliant. Uh, it works great. It's a two-channel, so it gives me the ability to have my 416 hooked up and my U87 hooked up, and I can switch back and forth between the two of them if I need to. Uh, I've been using it for, I don't know, probably about a year now, and uh, I'm very happy with it. So that's the Focusrite RedNet X2P Audio Over Ethernet interface. For headphones, I have, and this is going to come as a real surprise, I know, uh, Audio-Technica, what, about a year ago? Maybe a little more than a year ago. Everybody knows that Audio-Technica has the ATH-M50X line of headphones. Uh, if you're familiar with Anne Ganguza, Anne loves her Audio-Technicas. She has every color of Audio-Technica headphone under the sun. And it was actually Anne who pointed out to me that Audio-Technica was coming out with an orange edition of their ATH-M50X headphones. And so, of course, I had to go out and buy a pair of these Audio-Technica headphones because I had to have orange headphones. And so I do keep those headphones in the booth and I will use those primarily. I use them now when I'm doing directed sessions. I will be the first to admit that I was an old radio guy and, and old habits die hard. And I used to keep my headphones on for everything when I was recording. And every coach that I've ever worked with has tried to talk me out of that. And finally, in the last few months, I've, I've started listening. And so I don't wear my headphones now all the time when I'm recording auditions, but I do keep them there if I have to do a directed session or I'm doing something where obviously somebody needs to be able to listen back to me. So those are the headphones. Uh, the other thing that I have in my booth, not necessarily a piece of equipment, but hey, they're fun because everybody likes to have fun lights in their booth. And so I actually have a set of NanoLeaf panels. And those NanoLeaf panels are Wi-Fi enabled panels that you can run from your smartphone and they are on the ceiling in my booth, and that allows me to have some mood lighting, shall we say, in my booth. Uh, so right now, 
I'm just looking up at the panels. Uh, I've got a couple of them that are orange, a couple of them that are purple, a couple of them that are white, just to create a little bit of brightness. But you can do all kinds of fun things with them. But I, I love my Nano Leaf panels, and and that was my one. I say that's my one splurge item, like my. U87 or my 416 wasn't a splurge item, but I considered those to be essential to my booth. Uh, the Nano Leaf panels, not so much, but they were fun and I had to have them. So that's what I've got. So that's my booth, a custom built six by six booth with Prime Acoustic London 8 kit panels on the walls and a Prime Acoustic cloud panels, two of them on the ceiling. Then my U87, my 416, my Focusrite RedNet X2P, and my Audio-Technica ATH M50X headphones. Now, if we go outside of the booth to where all of the sound ultimately travels, uh, I'm working on a 2019 iMac. It's a 3.8 gigahertz, 8-core Intel with 64 gigs of RAM. And actually, probably this year is the year that it's going to get upgraded. I generally upgrade my computer about every four years. Usually when I buy it, I, I try to max out the specs on it so that it'll last me a little bit longer. So this year's probably the year that that's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, I'm really tempted by the Mac Studio. But for now, my iMac works great. I've always had iMacs in the, in the studio. I love them. They're amazing. Can't help it. Always an Apple fanboy. So that's the computer that everything is running into. I use Adobe Audition Creative Cloud. I am a, an Adobe Audition user going all the way back to when it was Cool Edit. Some of you may remember that, some of you may not, uh, but that's a long time ago, going back to Cool Edit. Um, I, I used it years ago to record a television show that I actually recorded from a home studio that I had when I still lived with my dad a long, long time ago. Uh, so I've been using Adobe from the very beginning. Uh, there was a brief period when I first switched to Mac where Adobe was not available for Mac, and so I was using Pro Tools for a little while, but Pro Tools was so far beyond what I needed to record voiceover. As soon as Adobe Audition became available for Mac, I made the switch. And so now I'm on Adobe Audition Creative Cloud. Um, just recently, I upgraded to Isotope RX10. I was on RX7, uh, but Uncle Roy convinced me that it was time to upgrade. And so I did upgrade to RX10 because I got a you know user loyalty sweet deal on it. I got it for like 65% off or something like that. I don't even remember. Uh, really, the only thing that I personally use RX10 for is the declicker, but it's amazing. So if you happen to be somebody who is very clicky when you are in the booth, hands down, the RX10 declicker, like that is worth the price of admission alone. I can't even begin to tell you how many countless hours of time the isotope declicker has saved me over the years, first through version 7, RX7, and now through version 10. So I'm super happy with that. That's the only thing that I'm running outside of Adobe Audition. I don't have a lot of plugins or do a lot of fancy stuff. You know, it's basically I'm just delivering nice, clean, relatively raw audio. So it's it's Creative Cloud and then Isotope RX10. Uh, I listen back to everything with a pair of KRK Rocket 6 studio monitors. I've had those for a long time. I love them. They sound incredible. My only issue with them, and this is just an aesthetic thing more than anything, is they're a little big and clunky. And so every once in a while, I think that maybe I'm going to look for something that's a little bit smaller, but I've never done that yet. If anybody has any suggestions for anything that sound as good as the KRK uh, Rocket 6 studio monitors, but would be, I don't know, half the size, I would certainly be open to hearing what those suggestions are. But that's what I'm running for my studio monitors. So all the editing that I do 
happens over those studio monitors. I don't edit with headphones, which may or may not be a good or a bad thing. I guess it depends entirely on who you talk to. But I figure if it sounds good in the studio monitors, we're, we're probably okay. So that's basically what the workstation is. Now I will say, and you've probably seen pictures of it, I have my iMac. I do have two additional screens. So it's a 27 inch iMac. And then I have two additional uh, 22 inch monitors, one on each side. And so I'm a huge fan of having as much screen space as possible. I think that it makes me so much more productive because I'm not constantly having to look for apps. I'm not constantly having to search for windows and, and tabs behind other tabs and all of that sort of stuff. I can keep my calendar uh, is always open on one of my screens. My notes can always be open on one of my screens. Adobe can always be open on the main computer. I can just very quickly glance back and forth. I just find that it makes my life a lot easier and certainly it makes me more productive. I spend a lot less time trying to find things. And then the other thing I was going to mention, and I want to do an episode that talks a little bit, I, th I think I'm going to do an episode that talks a little bit about security, but I will mention it here just in case. I do have a Seagate eight terabyte backup plus drive, and that is running Apple's time machine program. So that's what I use for backing up my computer and backing up all of my audio. That is what I would say is my local backup. And then I also subscribe to Backblaze and Backblaze does my cloud backup. So I've got redundancy, right? If something ever happens, I've got all the files on my iMac, but then I also have files on my external hard drive, but then I also have everything backed up in the cloud through Backblaze. So I've, I've got some redundancies built in. And the thing that I really love about Backblaze is that I can access that from anywhere. So with some backup programs, you just get like one big zip file, right? That's a zip file of every, your entire computer backup. With Backblaze, it basically gives me the ability to just go in and access individual files as if I was accessing my computer remotely. And that can come in really handy. For example, let's say that you're traveling and a client comes to you while you're traveling and maybe you auditioned for a project before you left and they want to hire you, but they want to book you off of your audition and you don't happen to have that audition file on your computer that you're using while you're traveling, now I can just go into Backblaze remotely and I can find that particular audition file and I can download the wave and then I can ship it off to the client and it, and it works great. So it's nice to be able to have that kind of remote access. So that's basically a look at my studio. There's nothing super fancy about it. I know it probably looks fancy compared to some other things. But like I said, there's no whisper rooms. There's no uh, studio bricks. I don't have a lot of fancy uh, preamps and, and all of that sort of stuff. I've never found the need for any of that. And I'm not saying there's not value in it. I'm not saying that, you know, I get, I get teased a lot because it's like, you've got a U87 and you're running it through a focus, right? Yeah, but it sounds great. Like my clients don't notice any difference, right? It, like there's no issues there. And so why do I need to spend tens of thousands of dollars if, if not necessary? So, and I mean the, the RedNet X2P, that was an upgrade from the Scarlet, but yeah, Hey, not afraid to admit it. We'll definitely get made fun of for it. But for a while I was running a 416 and a U87 through a Scarlet 2i2. And you know what? I don't care. Audio sounded great. Clients were happy invoices still got paid. I guess though, that does remind me, there's one other thing I should mention. I do have Source Connect in my studio. Uh, sometimes I wonder why. 
<laughs> I don't use it a ton. It's nice to have it there when I need it. Uh, I signed up for it in 2020. Like a lot of other voice actors, you know, our agents all told us you have to have this. And every audition now that you see from your agent says that it's, it's required. Um, I don't use it a lot, but it's there if I need it. So I have the ability to do directed sessions via Source Connect or via Zoom or via Skype. Uh, Google Meet actually has been a, a pretty popular one. I've actually done more directed sessions via Google than I have via Source Connect or Skype or Zoom, actually. But worth mentioning anyway that I do have that ability. So there you go. That's the rundown of all of the equipment that I am using to record voiceovers day in and day out on a regular basis. I was kind of taking a look around the office and thinking like, is there anything else should I mention? I mean, I, I guess I could probably talk about some of the equipment that I'm using. I, I use Gator Frameworks boom arms, uh, which I mounted to the wall. Uh, believe it or not, I use uh, just black pipe, like the pipe that you would use to run a gas line, for example. Uh, I just used a floor flange and a pipe nipple and just screwed that onto the wall. And then I clamped my Gator Frameworks boom arms to those. And uh, so that's what my equipment, that's what my microphones are connected to are those Gator Frameworks. And then I found a really cool monitor mount and keyboard mount that again, mount to the wall. So it's like a wall mount desk, basically. Uh, so that's what my studio monitor and keyboard are connected to. And I can lift my monitor up or down if I want to sit or if I want to stand while I'm recording or whatever, which is kind of convenient as well. I do stand most of the time when I'm doing voiceover. Uh, the only time that I will probably sit is if I get into longer form e-learning, uh, in which case I've got a very comfy stool in the booth that I can sit at and I can record. And again, I, like I said, I can adjust my monitor and keyboard accordingly for sitting or standing. Uh, but outside of that, that's pretty much it. So, so it's a custom built uh, six by six booth, a Neumann U87, a Sennheiser MKH416, a Focusrite RedNet X2P, which by the way, if you are in a situation where you want to be able to have your studio computer separated from your recording space, this whole idea of audio over Ethernet, I mean, you can run Ethernet cables for a really long way. It's actually been really convenient. And so I really do like that about the RedNet X2P. Uh, the Audio-Technica ATH M50X headphones, orange, of course, Prime Acoustic London 8 kit, Prime Acoustic cloud panels, NanoLeaf panels for lighting, uh, Adobe Creative Cloud, Isotope RX10, the KRK Rocket 6 Studio monitors, my 2019 iMac, Backblaze for cloud backup and my Seagate eight terabyte backup plus drive for running time machine for my local backup. I'll put all of this stuff in the show notes if you want to take a look at any of it. Uh, but that's it. That's my booth. That's what I'm running. That's my studio. So I don't know. What do you think? Tell me about what you've got in your studio. Tell me about the cool equipment that you've got. I would love to see a picture of your studio. Why don't you take a selfie or give me a booth shot? Post it up on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Mark Scott so I can take a look. I'm always intrigued to see what other voice actors, booths and, and, and studios and stuff like that look like. And can I just say one more thing, by the way, because I think this is really important. It's really easy to get studio envy, right? And I, I have no doubt that there are some, some of you right now that are listening to this episode who are probably maybe getting a little bit of studio envy about what I've got and what my setup is. But I want to remind you, when I first went full-time, in 2012, I was legitimately recording in the living room of my apartment. There was nowhere else for me to record. I had a computer desk set up in the corner. 
I tried to wrap curtains around my space to, to give me a little bit of sound control. I was recording on an EVRE 20, which I said earlier, again, I know you're not supposed to be able to do that, but I did it. Like I did not have a fancy setup. That was my setup for years. That is what I used to, to build my full-time business. Now, in 2014, I think it was, I finally moved into a two-bedroom apartment. And so when I moved into a two-bedroom apartment, that gave me the ability to set a dedicated office and studio space. But again, because I was in an apartment, I was very limited with what I could do. I convinced the landlord to let me hang acoustic panels on the wall but I had to do it with the promise that when the day came that I moved out, I would do all the drywall repair it's because I had to drill a lot of holes to hang all of those panels. But I was in a spare bedroom. It was, a, I think, a 12 by 14 room. It was very noisy, right? There's no carpets or anything like that. It's just a box room. So I, I hung panels to try to control sound. I put down area rugs to try and control sound. Uh, again, when I first started in that space, I was recording with the RE20. It was at that point in that space that I was able to eventually upgrade to the 416. So that certainly helped. But it wasn't until I moved into my new house in 2017. And even in 2017, when we first moved in, I was still recording in a spare bedroom in the basement. It was not a treated space. It had the most beautiful, deep forest green with golden flecks, 1970s shag carpet that you could ever imagine over paneled wooden walls, kind of that dark brown, you know, that you saw at your grandma's house. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that was the space that I moved into when we moved into our house we lived in this house for a year before I was ultimately able to build the studio that I'm in now, to build the office space that I'm in now. So wherever you're recording today, if you are recording in a closet in your master bedroom, surrounded by clothes hanging around you, that's okay. If you're recording in the, the little void space underneath of your stairwell, because that's the only quiet place in the house, that's okay. You, we, we all have to start somewhere. We all did start somewhere. Very few of us start with a whisper room. Very few of us start with a studio bricks. Very few of us are in a position where we can throw a U87 into the booth for our first voiceover jobs. So I just say that just as an encouragement. Yeah, I am blessed to have the space that I'm in now. I'm blessed to have the equipment that I have now, but it definitely didn't start there. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Forget about what you see on the internet. Forget about Studio Envy. Just know that if your sound is good right now, it doesn't matter where you're recording. You can get great sound in a lot of weird places and you can build your way up over time. It took me... Well, I started full-time in 2012. I mean, I did voiceover on the side for many years before that, but I started full-time in 2012. I didn't build this space that I'm in now until 2018, right? So it took me a few years to get there. And even when I built the space, I didn't have the U87 right away. I didn't have the RedNet X2P right away. I was still using my Scarlet. Like I've built up over time. So just remember that and be encouraged by that, that even if you don't have all the fancy equipment right now, you don't have the studio of your dreams right now, you just haven't got there yet. It doesn't mean you're never going to get there. It just means 
you haven't got there yet. So again, if you've got a cool space, if you got cool stuff in your studio, you got cool lights. I love cool lights, by the way. Oh, I have my Eminem mascot too. Some of you have already seen pictures of him. I almost forgot. I feel bad that I almost forgot that. I have my orange Eminem mascot who uh, sits on the shelf behind me in my booth. Very important. Everybody needs a studio mascot. Uh, let me see a picture of your space. Let me see a picture of your studio mascot. Post it up on Instagram. Tag me at Mark Scott. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday VOPreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAmp player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.